This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. He <laughs> shared on one of our conversation threads some data that came from Project Drawdown about the extent to which food waste is a contributing factor to uh, carbon emissions. And that kind of catalyzed a conversation about the waste in the food system pre kind of supermarket, pre how it appears to us as consumers. But then also a conversation about the waste that happens once we buy food. And that was really where we then started a very vibrant conversation about recipes and family and parents and how it's really only been in the last 20 or 30 years that we've become quite so profligate and quite so lackadaisical about food waste. So here we are. Yes. Yeah. And definitely there's a lot of waste up the chain and we can certainly put some pressure on some systems, but I've tried to focus on my own home, like reducing my own personal waste. And then right before we had this call, so we had this call scheduled and last night I was making dinner and it called for white wine vinegar. And I had, I don't know why the bottle was even back in the pantry. Honestly, there was nothing left in it, but the mother was there, you know, the little fermentation thingy. And I had a bottle of wine that was really not white wine that was not very drinkable. So I just decided to Against Julia Child's advice, make it my cooking wine, because she says you shouldn't ever cook with the wine you wouldn't drink, but I bought it. It was gross. I was like, well, it's cooking wine. So then I put the bottle from the white wine vinegar over in the recycle area, and I had my white wine, and I, and I was like, wait, I could just add the mother to this bottle of white wine and start all, the whole process over again, and it just made me laugh because I knew we were having this conversation about food waste. I was like, oh, I don't have to buy another bottle of white wine vinegar for maybe another year because I'm making my own. That's so funny that you would mention that because, you know, I think a lot of us have started to do different stuff since the pandemic and to live a bit differently. But one of the things that we've done in our house, so my bro, I think my brother and my mother-in-law, at some point during one of the lockdowns, started to talk to us about kefir, which is um, a fermented milk. <laughs> Your face, Leaky, it's funny. And so I bought some starter packs and actually my husband got really into it. It's not my cup of tea. I don't drink dairy. It's not, I don't eat yogurt. It's not something that appeals to me particularly, but we went through all of these little starter packs and that was that. And I said, should we get some more? And he said, no, we shan't get some more. And this is what he does now, which I think is really interesting and of that vein. So it, we now get our milk delivered to the doorstep from a local farm because we just felt at the start of the pandemic that we needed to be supporting local producers I don't know what it's like in France and in the United States, but if you buy milk from the supermarket, it comes in plastic, whereas to the doorstep, it comes in glass bottles. So all of those good reasons. However, from time to time, if you're not completely on top of your milk consumption, a bottle will start to taste a bit. So anyway, when that happens now, 
my husband Tim literally just takes a dollop of yogurt, live yogurt, and puts it into a saucepan with the pint of milk and lets it do its thing. And then, yeah, several days later, he's got another batch of kefir. So it's like yogurt. It's a fermented milk drink that I think originates from India, actually. Yeah, I believe so. Mm. I don't know much about it because, as I say, it's not my thing. But I do think it is interesting, you know, what you can do with odds and ends. I think you and I had a conversation, Mary Elizabeth, about composting or was it chickens? I can't remember. <laughs> Both are uh, like, it's coin toss, which one we were talking about. Chickens, I've got worms under my sink, composting, I've got chickens, I've got who eat literally anything. Uh, well, I mean, in theory. The composting thing is a bit mad because here in the UK, and by the way, it varies county by county, but some counties take curbside food waste and take it off to a big, well, we all thought it was an anaerobic digester, hopefully, but it turns out that some of the county councils are also chucking food waste into big incinerators, which is not so great. Anyway, in the pandemic and the aftermath of the first lockdown, we had a lorry driver shortage here in the UK. So a lot of the lorry drivers were here from Europe. They all went home and we had this massive shortage of HGV drivers. And that meant that a lot of the people that had previously worked for the council went and worked for the private sector and earned more money. And we were left with our refuse waste for a while. And I just said to my husband, do you know what? I'm not putting all my food waste into the mainstream bin. Why don't we? We've got the space for it in the garden. Why don't we get composting? So we bought those rotating ones, you know, the ones that fill them up, put the grass waste in as well. And it's been tremendous. It's been absolutely, I mean, it's a bit, you know, it's right down the bottom of the garden, so it doesn't really matter. But yeah, the comp within like two, three months, you've got proper kind of garden centre grade compost for your fertiliser flower beds and your vegetable patch it's caused me to think about kind of the cycle of life and fermenting things as one for for instance are actually really helpful for you you know this whole circle of life thing I find quite fascinating yeah and we've removed ourselves from that or we've systemically been removed from that um yeah and i think once we see it so i really i mean we used to tease my mother for being so cheap and frugal but i'm grateful for all the things that she has taught me now you've been listening to carbon sessions a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world We'd love you to join the carbon sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are this is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect, and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again as together we can change the world.